Australians are fortunate. Ever since the settlement, we've been part and parcel of two very benign empires, firstly the British and then the American. Because one of the features of being in an empire is that you don't control who leads that empire. There was one occasion, though, in the 30s when our Australian Prime Minister, Joe Lyons, insisted that Edward VIII not continue as King Emperor if he married the American divorcee, Mrs. Simpson. And his was the strongest view throughout the Commonwealth and obviously had some impression on Stanley Baldwin in the decisions they took in London. But normally this is not the case, and certainly not in relation to the American elections. But we still remain very interested and concerned about the American elections because they are of enormous influence on the way we exist in the world, and in particular in relation to our defence. Now, the recent elections were supposed to produce, according to so much of the commentariat and the polling, they were supposed to produce a famous red wave. Fortunately, I didn't join in that, but I thought that there would be an advantage for the Republicans. Now they're talking about a red trickle, and of course, the Democrats, the mainstream press, and many Republicans, who are not really Republicans, Republicans in name only, all blamed Donald Trump. Well, that's not true. Blame must be apportioned. But to blame Donald Trump for this result is, I believe, wrong. The fact is that the American situation is somewhat different from ours. For example, uh, it's very clear that in the popular vote in the House, the Republicans got 52.8% to 46.6%, quite a majority over the Democrats, yet they didn't get a good result. 52% back in 2010, when the Republicans got only a little over 51% in the famous Tea Party wave, that is a lower percentage of the vote than in the last election, and yet they ended up with 63 seats. Well, how can this possibly be in the popular house where you end up with a very small majority, whereas back in, in the times of uh, the red wave, you got this enormous number of seats, 63 seats, back in 2010. Well, the difference is that since 2019, the Supreme Court has decided that gerrymandering is not something which is justiciable. That is, you can't go to the court about it. It's to be determined by politics. What happens in America is that when the census comes out, seats are allocated to each state on the basis of their proportion of the total, and the states determine how those should be made up. They determine the seats, and they engage in spectacular gerrymanders where they have the most strange uh, formed s districts, as they call them, we call them seats, 
all done to ensure that one party has an advantage over the other. And in cases of fraud, the Democrats are much better than the Republicans in engaging in fraud. And this means that uh, with the gerrymander, the Republicans don't do as well as the Democrats. They really have to start looking at the way in which they allocate seats within different states. But in addition, in addition to that, although on the official figures, on the popular vote, the Republicans did better at over 52%, their vote was in fact higher than that. And that is because in a number of states, fraud of a spectacular kind still exists under the state arrangements. For example, in Nevada, it's perfectly legal for you to collect large numbers of votes, postal ballots, and take them along and put them into a box where such ballots are received. And of course, you'd be naive to think that these are not filled in on the way, or the people who hand them over aren't suggested, at least, as to how they should be filled in. And the amount which is recorded is quite spectacular. You need only go to Florida, where there was a very good governor, Governor DeSantis, who cleaned up what fraud seemed to exist in his states, now requires identification when you vote, as we should in Australia, and we don't. And this resulted in a very good turnout and a very good vote for the Republicans in that state. In fact, an overwhelming vote because it was a clean election and they had a very good candidate. But the idea that uh, Donald Trump is to blame is ridiculous. In fact, when an analysis was done of his recommendations, he came out very well. Most of his recommendations did well in the election as they did well in the primaries. The big problem in the Senate where the Republicans could never have got a large number of seats, no matter how fair the election was, because of the way in which the Senate is structured. Every, every general election, one third of the Senate resigns or retires. And it means that in one election, many more Democrat seats go to the polls. And in the next election, many more Republicans. And it just works out that way. And on this occasion, more Republican seats were an issue than Democrat seats, so they had more to defend. But they still should have done better. Because remember, unlike Australia, voting is not compulsory in America, which is the situation in most civilized countries around the world. I think only Australia and I think Belgium has compulsory voting. But the situation is that a lot of Republicans didn't bother to vote in some states because they were dispirited. Now, why were they dispirited? They were dispirited because of one person, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. He's what we'd call a moderate, and I think he probably calls himself a moderate. And what he has done over the last two years, he has keeled over and let all parts of the Democrat 
legislative agenda, which has included massive amounts of spending, which are the cause of much of the inflation in the world today, he's let that go through. Because there's always a handful of Republicans who will vote with the Democrats. They're never Democrats these days, or very few. I think one occasionally, whoever vote with the Republicans. But he's let them go through. He's let the whole agenda go through. Senator Ted Cruz, who is a superb senator, who was second in the primaries in 2016, second to Donald. He is a superb conservative, and he points out that McConnell has somehow got control of the electoral funding in the Senate through his PAC, which he gets from the biggest Republican donors. He's been able to allocate his 300 million or 400 million across Senate seats, Senate districts, Senate states, in a way that favors the moderates. In fact, he never ever funds Senator Cruz, who sometimes has, on one occasion in particular, had a very expensive fight to run. And uh, McConnell lets all of the agenda go through, and there are a number of items in the agenda which he should stood, stood up to the, stand up to the Democrats. And Senator Cruz points out, for example, there's one piece of legislation going through now which should be stopped, and the minority party, the Republicans, can stop these because on important occasions you need 60 votes in the Senate, not just 51, 60 votes in the Senate to pass because of the acceptance of what is called the filibuster. And there are ways to stop what the Democrats are doing. You have to obviously choose those of which you have the highest priority. One is, for example, a bill which would dismiss any member of the armed forces, anybody who was willing to fight for their country and risk their lives for the country, who were not vaccinated in accordance with the instructions which come from Dr. Fauci, who, as we know, as we now know, funded part of the research undertaken at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which produced the virus. Well, if you don't stop that sort of legislation in the Senate, which you can, there are ways to do it through refusing to give the Democrats the vote and stop funding on certain occasions. There are a couple of points where an opposition is always very strong in that regard. But McConnell has refused to do that. He believes that uh, you should let everything go through. There's another bill which is about gay marriage. It isn't that gay marriage is in dispute in America. The Supreme Court has already upheld gay marriage. But what the bill will do will be to allow the administration to target charities, churches, universities, and schools, which still insist that for their purposes, a marriage is a marriage only between a man and a woman. And what is expected, what is well expected, is that if this bill gets through, the administration will begin to target 
all of these churches, schools, charities, services, and so on, to remove their tax exemptions and to remove other advantages which normally flow to those organizations. And they'll be able to get at them as they have been misusing, for example, the, the tax powers to take advantage of uh, people who oppose them and other instances through the Department of Justice and also through the FBI. Now, Cruz and the Conservatives want to stop this in the Senate, but McConnell, who's a moderate, won't let them do this. And they've been standing up to him, and we may well see changes in the way in which the Senate behaves. And this is very important. What is absolutely important for Australia is in the presidential elections, and that is that we have a president who will lead the free world. It's very clear that Joe, Joe Biden is not in a position to lead the free world, and he is very much compromised by the Biden family's corrupt activities, which are about to be exposed in investigations in the House. So this situation is very important for us in Australia. Not much we can do about it, but the commentariat could stop supporting Biden and support Trump instead, to at least show that the allies are supportive of the United States having a strong leader, which is very important for Australia, if the free world is to continue as it has in the past. Thank you very much. Thank you.